The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to a Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here live via Zoom on tape for our 41st live show in front of a live studio audience, courtesy Yay. of the East Metal Public Library. I'm here with none other than uh, the life of Jen Ortiz, Jen Elise Feldy. Hello! Hello, hello! We have our Pronto Comics Dominic Definition Man Sperano. You realize that this live show at the library is now middle aged. <laughs> we're we're, we're middle aged. Yes, we're middle aged. What what show are we going to have our midlife crisis at? Um, any any time you want. Right honestly. now. Yeah, I'm I'm quickly approaching mine. So it's if you happening want. right now. Yeah. <laughs> and we right. have and we have our special guest who we're going to be talking to with and about, which is great because he's here, none other than author Chris Pascarella. How are you, folks? Buy this book. There you go. <laughs> you can't hold up the book on a radio show. Why not? You cannot hold it. You cannot hold your book, Destiny Revealed, on, on a radio show. It's a Zoom thing, dude. He can do whatever he wants. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out this technology stuff. All right, we, we'll, we'll figure it out. So, but before we do that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for May 1st and May 2nd of this year. God willing. We want to give our uh, shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin and Ray. You want to have your own little shout out? Go to www.patreon.com. Look up what came from radio in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get your own little shout out. Also on our website, www.camefromradio.com, you can buy us a virtual pizza. We would greatly appreciate it. So let's start off with the news. Always let's start off with the sad news, which is a little, little, one bit of sad news and one half of sad news. Half of sad news? Half of sad news. We'll, we'll get to that one in a second. But first, sad news. Uh, legendary author. Author, legendary actor Arthur Christopher Orm Plummer died recently after receiving a blow to the head as resulting from a fall. Um, as uh, with recent sad news recipients, uh, the late Cecily Tyson and Cloris Leachman, just to name a few, Christopher Plummer was in everything. Um, I personally remember him most for his performance of General Chang, the main villain in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. He, yeah. What did you, what do you remember him from, uh, Dominic? I was going to say that, like he was a great Klingon villain in that movie. Just Probably one of the, I think the, the franchise's uh, at least second best villain. Yeah. I think it was hilarious too. When he was saying, um, you have to hear uh, Shakespeare in the original Klingon. <laughs> that was one of his lines. I was like, what, <laughs> what? 
but yeah, very good. Chris, were you a uh, Christopher Plummer fan? Because he has your namesake. Aaron Von Trapp. Yeah. Yeah. Easily his most famous role. My wife and her sisters are big fans of The Sound of Music. I mean, they can perform it as the movie's going, so... Really? They can just, <laughs> just get impromptu uh, flash uh, acting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's where I know him from the most, you know? Yeah. You see him, you see him every, every year. Yep. Now, Jen, I yeah. Sorry from a fall, though. I never heard anything. Yeah. He, he fell, and then he hit his head, and that was it. If, if I may wow. just jump in before we go to Jen, as the son of a senior citizen... I can tell you, like, falls are just one of the, like, worst things ever. It's it's such a shame that that's what um, got him. Yeah. But when you get to it, first of all, it's not, if you're, like, over 35, falling is bad. Oh, yeah, it's no for, Yeah, it's like, you, you don't just bounce back from a fall. But once you're, like, over 65, 70, you can, you can track back so many terrible things to a person if they fell. Like, it, it can be the thing that sparks. Oh, yeah so many more health problems. So for, if anyone's out there listening and they've got a senior citizen in their life that they love, try your best to make sure that their home is fallproof. Well, I Grab bars, I, railings, things like that, padding. Three years ago, my father fell, broke his hip, had the surgery. Right. And a year later, he was gone. You know, just everything's just downhill wow. from there. Yeah. It's my number one fear when it comes to my father. Well, False. Yeah, no joke. It's no joke for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Adults don't fall like kids do. Kids just fall, get back up, say, oh, let's try that again. The kids exactly throw right. themselves down. You keep trying to stop yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got a four screws and a steel plate in my back from rolling down a flight of stairs. I mean, I went down with another guy. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we were fighting at time. We didn't want to go to jail, and I thought differently. <laughs> One of the best things that ever I ever did in my life was study jujitsu and learn how to fall. Yeah, absolutely. And fortunately for my father he would sometimes watch the lessons and even though he never actually did it like did the exercises he picked up enough by osmosis that he has been very fortunate i'm going to literally knock on some real wood right now he's been very fortunate that whenever he's fallen he's been more more or less okay but it's such a it's such a danger oh yeah especially now in the winter jen you are uh that's the psa sorry (laughs) sorry well, well, actually, I know Jenna knows some wrestlers and has been involved in the in the outside skirts of the wrestling world. That is one of the things that they do. The number one thing is to learn how to fall, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can salt your driveway like I did today. Have some salt ready for this icy weather so you don't fall. Oh, look at that! Look at that! I'm over. I'm over thirty five. So according to Dominic, I got. I'm one year in. I got to be careful now. Yeah, I know it's. But seriously, like you can take a, at this age, you can start taking a bad fall, and like things can go downhill very fast. Okay. Absolutely. Oh yeah. So of note, Christopher was a recipient of an Academy Award, two Primetime Emmys, two Tony Awards, a Golden Globe, a Screen Actors Guild Award, and a British Academy Film Award, just to name a few. He was a spry ninety-one. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Like they. Just like, like I said, the past couple of times we've had a couple of just legends, just one after another after another. We're only in February. Threes, man, comes in threes. Yeah, I don't know. I'm watching the Grim Reaper walk through the Hall of Fame in baseball and just start touching people on the shoulder. Knock it off, man! You kill off my childhood heroes. <laughs> so moving on, baseball. To- a lot of people are leaving in baseball. A lot. Uh, we had uh, nine Hall of Famers die this year. Wow. See? What do I know? 
Tom Siva, Joe Morgan, Bob Gibson, um, Whitey Ford. Oh, Thomas Whitey Ford. Ford. Um, Don Sutton. Wow. Who else? Yeah, Joe Morgan, I said, Bob Gibson, Hank Aaron. Oh, yeah. 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 Not to so, make it about my dad again, but my my father got to meet Whitey Ford at once in a bar. Wow. He told me, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to the uh, not to the half sad news uh, from the follow up sad news department. About three months ago on our show, we mentioned that a contestant on the show Wipeout had suddenly died during the filming of the show. At the time, not much uh, information was known. However, now four months later, the details have been released. Turns out that Michael. Paredes, P-A-R-E-D-E-S, suddenly uh, successfully completed two of the obstacles but fell on the third one. He struggled to swim to the side of the pool, and he had to be pulled out. He was lifted onto a wheelchair but quickly lost consciousness. Bystanders began performing CPR, and paramedics were called. He was taken to the hospital where he was pronounced dead the following day. A coroner's report showed that Michael died of a heart attack and that he suffered from an undetected coronary artery disease. According to his fiancée, who also participated in the show, Michael exercised for two hours a day, five days a week, in order to qualify, and both he and uh, she had to submit to a drug screening, an EKG, and a COVID-19 test, and they both passed everything to be on the show. You never know, man. You never know. Exactly. So he he was a young 38 Oh great! I'm 38. That's awesome. <laughs> See, so uh, don't don't go on no game shows, right there. So don't fall no. and don't go on game shows. That's what we chances, learned here. Look, I mean, chances are the because God, this is like the show all about my parents. <laughs> but both my parents have heart conditions, so I know a fair amount. I would, I often joke that I probably could get a master's in cardiology, not a doctorate. But if he could pass and do all that stuff, it was really the fall that probably just triggered whatever was the underlying heart condition. He probably could have lived the rest of his life. If he Certainly, didn't if he didn't go to the contestant on the show. Most likely. Like he could probably have gone gotten into his forties and fifties. They would have found it eventually and because it would have manifested by that point, he probably would have been okay. That's just like, wild. Like because it, it doesn't sound like it was the physical activity <laughs> of the show. It sounds more like it was the falling on the show. Wow, that's, that's you don't wild. go on game shows where you got to work harder than the host. <laughs> there you go. See, look, we learned something. <laughs> there you go. That's why. Uh, what was that? What was that game we were talking about? Whack a mole. That's why Whack a Mole is going to be a great show. <laughs> Whack a Mole will be an awesome show. <laughs> Whack a Mole should be real life. <laughs> a club and every now and then you get to whack somebody. <laughs> I agree. And it's a good place to take your kids if you have a lot of kids. We talked about this the last show. No, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about running for office and my whole thing is going to be you can smack somebody once a day. Save it though. You can't carry it over to the next day and don't use it early in the day. Because you know somebody else is going to be stupider. You know what? I like that but what about the whole concept of oh let's sleep on it or calm down if you have to use it within a day you're gonna have all these people that are hot-headed they'd be like wait a second uh, i had too much cacao today well you know what you do you make a list of all the people who said stupid stuff during the day and before the end of the day you go back and find that person who was really stupid listen remember like one would be bad and you said this bang where know. you run for office <laughs> I want to vote for you, though. I'll tell you See, that. That's what I want to know. Like, where are you running for office? 
Oof. Right. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't want me running for office. Yeah, I do. No, I, I might honestly just vote for you now and move <laughs> like if like, it's local, I'll move to that town. <laughs> I have like no filter at all. Uh, all right. It's so, great. This is fantastic. Moving on. I, I walk around with a t shirt that says I think, therefore we have nothing in common. So. Oh, I like this. This is good. Great choice of guest, Mark. Moving, moving on. From, <laughs> from speaking of games, from the GameStop Bucks. Wait, that's not right. The good, the GameStop Buck stops here department. Wow. Um, recently, hey, at least. Recently, at least two hedge funds bet that shares of GameStop would fall, uh, decidedly, decided to engage in what's known as shorting the stock. At the same time, in direct response to that, groups of investors on Reddit started buying shares of GameStop, which in turn increased its market value in a huge way, creating, quote unquote, a short squeeze that forced the hedge funds into losing a ton, ton of money and prompted one hedge fund, Melbourne Capital, to uh, need and ask for a $2 billion with a B dollar bailout. All of this, which has in turn prompted trading apps such as Robinhood to put restrictions on certain stocks to prevent this from happening again. What's funny is that none of this had any effect on the day-to-day business of GameStop, which has been doing poorly even before the pandemic hit last year. Yeah. Any uh, GameStop? Did you guys ever go to GameStop? I was never a gamer. Um, it was funny. I heard about this story as it was happening about a week or so ago, we were sitting. I lost eight dollars. Did you lose eight? Yeah, <laughs> you lose more than that. But I heard about the story happening, and I found out about it as I'm sitting at a mechanics uh, place as we're getting something done to my car. And I was like, "You're kidding!" And he's like, "He was telling me like some guy like got in on it early when GameStop was still like five bucks a share, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. made like ninety grand on it." Mm-hmm. What? Um, yeah, it's it's. And the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, has been like all over like the talk shows. He was talking about it and he was saying it's basically like an altruistic pump and dump scheme where people have just artificially inflated the stock because they don't like the hedge funds, which, look, I get it. Like the hedge funds are annoying and they do do like some shady things where they like put rumors out about stocks and kill stocks and kill companies. The truth is, though, like no matter what. GameStop is probably not surviving no matter how many people bolster the stock, no matter what's happening. It's, it's kind of like going the way eventually of, of blockbuster people. How many people are buying their video games now online? A lot more, right? Either like on their tablets, on their computers, or they're buying it from Amazon and having it shipped to them for whatever. Like I I don't have an Xbox, but I'm assuming you probably game buy games directly from Xbox. Yeah. I mean, right. Jen, I know, I know you're not much of a gamer. You're a very anti-gaming person. Well, if, it, if it's going to replace the drug habit, then it's, I'm, I'm for it. You know, there's all, there's all, you know, there's, there's pros to it. You know, my ex-boyfriend didn't cheat on me and stuff. He's busy playing video games. So that's fantastic. You know, our other guys are busy with ladies. So I'd much rather a guy be busy with video games. So they're not, I'm for it in some ways. I, <laughs> you know, I every, every man has a mistress. Some of, for some <laughs> men, that's... Well, my last one definitely didn't have a mistress. Chris, what do you got? (laughs) I'm saying, like, the mistress doesn't have to be a human. Ah, yes. I know kids who supposedly have attention deficit disorder, but they can sit in front of a video game for six hours and focus on that. So I don't know. Something's not right. (laughs) Exactly. Good point. (laughs) Are you playing six hours of video games? I don't know. I don't get it. You just don't want to focus on things you don't like. That's all. Well, they moved moved on from GameStop today. 
The same group that started the whole GameStop thing is doing the uh, medical marijuana stock today. Oh, so that goes another ten dollars of mine. Oh <laughs> well, man, that that I don't get because medical marijuana is just going to boom. Well, like, they're anticipating the legalization across the board, and the medical marijuana has got to switch over. Oh yeah, and then boom, you know. If, well, that's because, like, even Cuomo said he wants to work on that by April. And every look, if there's going to be uh, something that guy positive, the teacher from Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah. Say that again. If, what did you say about Charlie Brown? <laughs> when Cuomo talks, all I hear is the teacher from Charlie <laughs> Brown. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. That's funny. Oh my god. All right. So speaking of games, well, hold on. I just want to say this. Uh, I don't. I don't. Do you really want to say this? I do because it's uh, actually it's something that makes common sense. All right. Sense, here right? we go. <laughs> if there's one good thing that's going to come out of COVID. It's be all these states having such a deficit that a lot of them are just going to legalize marijuana finally because they just need the tax revenue. All right. right. If there's a positive. Fair enough. You know. <laughs> and a trip to the emergency room will go up. So moving. People falling down. That's right. You were, you were a cop, right? <laughs> Weren't you a cop? These are stats, man. He was. I'm he not was. saying, I know. I'm just saying you were a cop. You have a different yes. perspective on it. That's all. All right. So moving on. <laughs> Speaking of games, from the one strike and you're out department. Game maker Activision has just laid down the ban hammer for cheaters discovering uh, playing their most recent game, Call of Duty. Um, executives say, <clears throat> we have zero tolerance for cheaters. Our focus is to combat both cheaters and cheat providers. We have banned 60,000 accounts for confirmed cases of using cheat software, bringing our total to date more than 300,000 permabans worldwide since the game's launch. We are also uh, continuing our efforts to identify and address cheap providers at the source who distribute unauthorized third-party software for modding or hacking. We are committed to delivering a fair and fun experience for all players. Uh, there's no place for cheating. We're committed to this cause. We're listening. We will stop in all our efforts. So, uh, I don't know. This is like their, what is it? Uh, you cut the, what is it? You cut the nose and spite your face? I remember in the old days, you had a game, and then you had to go out and buy another thing, the Game Genie. Oh, they had the Game Genie. To cheat the thing. But now, they put the game out there. People can change it. And they're like, well, you can't do that, so you can't play the game. I don't look. Wasn't the whole thing like the cheat code? Wasn't it like the the, the holy grail? Of playing yeah, the, game? the cheat code was the thing. You had it up, up, down, down, left, right. Yeah, that was the right. Point. So that's what I thought. Like, look, I I got a series of like different like multi game systems now because I love. I wanted to get back into playing like vintage games like Super Mario and right. Sonic stuff from when I was a kid, and like I'm starting to look up the cheat codes again. But I don't know, maybe it's because like these are online, around the world, social gaming things. I don't know. I, I don't know. To I me, don't, it's, like, I... it's a game, first of all. And it's like, yes. it's not <laughs> it's not even a game that's truly. Well, like, I mean, the, the problem is, is that it's a multi-million, billion dollar industry. So it can't just be a game. And as, when there's money involved, it's not just uh, anything. Well, like, yeah, is this, Disney, is this like Disney. competitive gaming? I, mean, I get if it's competitive. Competitively, yeah, that's a different thing. But if some guy is cheating in his basement because he wants to have a bigger bomb than the other guy, does, who cares? Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, Activision does because they, they shut it down. I can't believe it. Uh, let's I mean, see. If, if you're going in there for money and you're starting to, to mess around, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, like. Because I, I know there are competitive gamers, and I get oh, that. Absolutely. That's a competition, right? And it should Which be the best rules you can win. And, and whatever. Yes, I got you. But if it's it, it's 
it's not it's not even like cheating at like a poker night for you know it's i, I don't people get too invested in games so speaking speaking more of getting invested that's a good segue there dominic <laughs> just call me segway sperano Ooh, that's, okay, that's yeah. 20 names. Uh, you're going to do Segway Sperano? All right. How about just SS? There you go. DSS. A, DSS. All yeah, right. Deep, I'm just shy <laughs> of like Deep Space Nine up in here. Um, from the Not For Trading Anymore department, recently a Perfect 10 graded signed Alpha Series Black Lotus Magic the Gathering card, which is the most valued of all the cards in its 28-year history, has sold at auction for $511,100, making it the first single Magic card in history to sell over a half million dollars at open auction, breaking the last record of only $250,000. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Magic the Gathering is a collectible trading card game that came out in 1993, where you play as wizards summoning monsters and spells on various cards to defeat your opponent. The Black Lotus card originally was limited, meaning you can only have one of its kind in your deck as opposed to the normal limit of four, and then banned entirely from official tournaments in its play due to quote-unquote unfair abilities. Uh, the game is still being played to this day, and they're still producing new card game sets. So we've gone from complex selling that are sealed up and you can't access it. Now there's a card that you can't even use. $500,000. Yeah. Uh, can we just have a show where we bring the people that buy these cards and books onto the show? Because I'd really like to meet the psychosis. I mean, the psychology behind this type of person. <laughs> the, would If we brought one of these guys on there, do you think the possibility that they would feel berated is pretty darn high? <laughs> I wouldn't have- berate them. Oh. I'm not into berating people. You have one. <laughs> I'm a baseball card guy. All right, all right. Oh, so, okay. all right. So, you, do you? So, but yeah, but uh, a baseball card so is different. Five hundred thousand or fifty thousand? How about Mike Trout rookie card just sold for three point five million dollars? Yeah, but did you buy it for three point? Yeah. If I bought it, I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Okay. Would you? <laughs> what's your highest priced card? If you don't mind sharing, that, that I own nineteen seventy five George Brett card worth thirty five thousand dollars. Thirty-five thousand. I did not buy it for thirty-five thousand, but that's what it's worth right now. Okay. Okay, so, so you're kind of in that realm, not really. I'm looking for the people that buy it at thirty-five thousand. Well, well, what's, what's behind the, that? What's What's happened now? Well, baseball cards, I can speak to. It's your childhood. You know, you, you yeah. baseball players that you follow, the teams you follow. It's part of your childhood. I mean, there's really nothing other than that behind it. You right. Know, it's mm-hmm. the, the like value baseball, of the that you put on it. Baseball cards, like make sense because one they're small and easy to contain for the most part and two you have a higher chance of them seemingly going up in value whereas like comics any comic you're going to try and buy today to go up in value already costs a lot of money like what mark is talking about and anything that's coming out now is never going to be worth something but at um, least for 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 baseball cards, I can say you know it's a yeah. card. You can actually look at it both sides and enjoy it because it's just a right. Card. But if you have a card that's part of a game, you can't play it in the yeah. game. If you got a book you can't read, you can't. What's the point? That that's one like is no point. Baseball cards, I'm like, oh, that's what they are for. That's what yeah. they do. But a five hundred thousand dollar card that you can't even use or play, just to sit there. Yeah. Right. Of course, the market, Pokemon cards, all of these cards have gone up since the whole quarantine thing. It's been a way yeah. for people, people have refound their hobbies again. And what happened with baseball cards got got 
flooded the market in the 90s when it started taking off and card companies just started making more cards. I remember Just that. like after comics. 20, but after 25 years, people were seeing these cards weren't worth anything and they got rid of them. Now, some of them are very rare again. So it's seeing a resurgence because mm. of that. Unfortunately, not like comics where like every, no one got rid of it. It wasn't worth anything. That death of Superman, there's 4 million of them. Yeah. Never going to be worth anything. Like it, it, it's the same. It was the same sort of bubble. It was like the like the bubbles were cousins in a certain respect. I can get dropping that much money on a baseball card because it's easy. You can even frame it. You can put it somewhere that you can enjoy it. Some comics a little bit. I really get it when it comes to like you know paintings because you could put that up somewhere, especially when the painting right. going <laughs> but hundreds of thousands. But when it's something that has a secondary use and you're negating that use, that's the oh, problem yeah. I have. Yeah, that, that'd yeah. be like buying a Cuisinart that's a collector's item that's just going to sit somewhere. It's like, well, why? It's, it's like if you buy a car and then you have it welded shut that you can't get in it. Yeah, yes. yeah. that's what I was thinking. And you put yeah. it on, you know, you, you put it on a on the on the the little little display, and like that's my car over there, my Lamborghini. I can't drive right. it. Look at it, and then you know you walk away. Like that's well, like having an antique guillotine, you know? Yeah. I can't use it, but I have. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's a is that part of your book that right there? <laughs> you go into the museum of the guillotines. Hey, just check out my guillotine. It's just for show. Wink, wink, and then out there. Really use it? <laughs> I'd ever use it. No, it'll be safe. Put your head right there. Don't worry. It'll be gonna gonna be okay. Yeah, I'm really nice to my enemies. I let them let them rest their head there. Is, yeah. is, is that is that is that part of your um your whack a mole theory, Chris? <laughs> that you know you get you get one one whack and then you get to visit one the tour whack. of uh, the guillotines. I might, I might upgrade to like a cattle prod. That <laughs> people, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, with that, <laughs> that's it for the news. We're gonna take our break. We'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. If you had any honor, you would listen to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Come down to Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin for the best new comics in the month of March. First, there was Future State. Now, from DC Comics comes Infinite Frontier. And from all the comics in March, the finale to The King in Black. And from the mind of Keanu Reeves comes Berserker. And your chance to win the rare 1 in 200 variant cover of Berserker Number 1 with purchase of the book. Cosmic Comics, located 848 Miracle Road in Baldwin. Give us a call, 516-763-1133. Stay safe. Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel Tamon. Uh, and Raiden from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to 
It came from the radio. Stick around. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, it's Marissa Jade, your favorite mob wife, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. This is Ray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking in front of a live studio audience via Zoom, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library for our 41st live show. Um, with none other than Ponto Comics DSS. <laughs> nice. I like that. Um, from The Life with Jenner G, Jenna Lee Feldy. Good evening, everybody. And our special guest, we're talking to with and about, none other than author Chris Pasquarella. How are you, folks? Um, before we get to the question, I just want to mention that the East Mobile Public Library has tons of events virtually um, for the foreseeable future. Just go to www.eastmetal.info, and they have stuff every single day. You can go check it out, and you can enjoy it. So uh, let's start with the question. So, Chris, uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. You actually were uh, you were in person for our uh, – I don't remember which one it was, but you were in one of our live shows. Yeah, I remember long that time show. Ago. What, has, what has been up with you since then to now? Let's, let's start with that. Oh, let's see. Destiny Revealed is we've made a teaser reel. We're trying to shop it as a movie or a web-based TV series. That's so online. That's on YouTube page. You can actually check out the teaser on YouTube. on YouTube. And we're trying to push that for that. Um, I've had a couple other books come out. I have a um, detective series that I started called C.C. Uh, Mullins, The Adventures of C.C. Mullins. Uh, kind of like a psychic encyclopedia brown. Mm. Wow. <laughs> And uh, just writing, working and writing, trying to get this movie made. You know, talking to a lot of producers and a lot of people got to write a check. That should be your first uh, thing out, out the mouth. Whenever you meet somebody, who writes a check? Stop talking. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Only... <laughs> How long I... is the movie going to be? Is it going to be a feature or short? Well, honestly, the, the way we're going, we really like to do um, one-hour episodes like a web-based series on Netflix or something like that because it's geared for nine and up. And that's what these kids watch. You know, they're watching TV on their phones, which I don't get it. I got a big screen. I don't know how you go back down. Mm -hmm. But they do. So that's what we're looking for. I have uh, three episodes written. We've uh, done a budget proposal and we're just shopping it around, talking to a lot of people. But, you know, for a while there, everything was on hold because nobody knew if they'd ever be able to film again. Mm -hmm. You know, and now they're back getting into that. So, but what did come out of this whole thing 
is a lot of new streaming services. You know, Chat. and mm. they not, they all need content. So hopefully we'll slide in there somewhere. Now I remember um, for the for the trilogy Destiny uh, revealed, you had your uh, children as your editors. <laughs> Are well, they... my, daughter, my my daughter, my older daughter Tony Ann is a graduate of Fordham. She's an English major. She actually worked with my publisher as an editor for a while. She does freelance editing, but now she started law school, so she's kind of got her hands full. Oh, you lost your editor. <laughs> if I needed to, I'm sure I could reel her in. Tell know? her to get her priorities straight, young lady. Remember all the time she needed gas money? <laughs> <laughs> so, so who do you use uh, to bounce off your ideas now? Um, still, I still talk to her about it. You know, we'll, we'll shoot about it. About she's she's your honorary on. editor then. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't really get involved, but ideas I can talk to her about. You know, I don't really, I, she doesn't have the time to actually sit down with the manuscript and go through it for me right now. But there'll be semester breaks and I'll grab a hold of her. <laughs> Do you find it to be easier to write a um, screenplay or, or television series since you already wrote the book yourself? Um, or do you find I, just a completely different uh, process? It is, it is completely different. But what I do find is as the writer of the novel, if I'm writing the, the screenplay or a teleplay, I know what things I can cut out. You know, when somebody else comes in and they've read the book and they start writing the screenplay, they got to cut things out because you can't, you know, to any book, you can't have a six hour movie. You just can't. Mm. But I know the spots that can be cut for, for yeah. a movie. You know, and I think it works out better that way. Um, I think it's harder, really, to write a screenplay because there's so many things you got to take into consideration. It's I can make things up in a book, but from the book, how do you turn that into real? You know, it's a fantasy book. I have magic and things going on. Sure, it's easy to write that down, but now mm -hmm. if you want to throw it on a screen, how do you make that really happen? There's always that dichotomy of what works in a book and what works on a screen. Sometimes you're lucky and it both works. Yeah, but like there was a, a scene in the book Get Shorty, where Chili Palmer gets into a Cadillac and drives off. But the creators of the movie knew it's funnier to put him in a minivan, and that's where they got it's the Cadillac of minivans, and it just certain things like it could work on screen, yeah. but it's a better shot to do yeah. that. And like there's this dichotomy of trying to figure because. What's visual is not always what's great in the theater of the mind that you oh, get absolutely. from reading. Absolutely. And when you're when you're thinking of writing stuff, do you also have that budget in mind? Because now everything you put on the screenplay, you have to think how much is that going to cost, or is that not even your problem? I, I, it's really a producer's problem. But also, <laughs> also honestly, com com graphics has saved a lot of money. You know, you don't necessarily have to blow that car up five, five times. You know, you can do it once and keep repeating it over and over and over again. You know, you, fake, you can fake that explosion. You can fake that guy flying over the building now. You can do it with a green screen. Yeah. You know, it's a lot cheaper than actually getting out there and wiring somebody up on a crane to have them fly. Fair enough. Kevin, uh, Jen, Kevin you have Smith. a... Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Dominic, go. Uh, you got Kevin it. Smith you got it. discussed it. It discussed, like, the problem with budgets once like when he was doing chasing amy and he only did it like for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and he'd be like hey man we got a problem he's like and his producer's like you're the idiot that went for 150 grand why <laughs> what'd you do why'd you do that yeah so, you got a, you got a question for chris 
Um, yeah, so the first, you have one book with wizards. The kids have to become wizards. And you mentioned psychic things. So my question is, I was only set up and I went on, I've gone on very few dates for a 36-year-old. And one of this was like a well-known psychic detective. And he that helped him actually solve cases. So you've been in uh, NYPD, I guess? Yes. Yes. Right. And now you have this psychic stuff. So I'm wondering, do you have any psychic abilities? Like why the interest in that realm? Um, entertainment purposes. Okay. <laughs> any experience with uh, wizards or psychics or f- foretelling the future? Um, well, a friend of my family's is the Long Island medium. So. <laughs> okay. I went to high school with her. <laughs> there however, you go. however, I'm not. I don't put a lot of faith in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you wouldn't say you're a believer of psychics? Um, not so much. I think um, if somebody who's passed on wants to talk to you, they'll come to you. So does this Long Island Medium through. have to do with the books at all? Has she no, influenced no, 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 your no, mindset? No, 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 we're not that close. I know her. Was your mindset influenced by it? Um, no. Um, where did that come from? That's more of, I wanted, I really wanted to do a ghost story. So I went from the aspect of the, the teenager in the, in the book. His father was a cop who was killed in a line of duty. His okay. uncle was also a cop. The father would come to him, to the kid, and speak to him. Mm-hmm. And through that, the kid was able to, he gets psychic powers based on touching things that people own. Hmm. Psychometry, um, very interesting. Like uh, he he finds a a hair ribbon, and the hair ribbon ends up belonging to a girl who was kidnapped, and he gets images okay. of her kidnapped, and that's that's how he gets on with that. Um, I don't know where I get the influence from. I I know I like detective stories. I like mysteries. Mm-hmm. I like the paranormal. I like the whole ghost story thing. Not necessarily do I think there are ghosts come and hurt me i don't think i believe there are spirits i don't think they harm me i don't think they're dangerous mm-hmm. i don't like to go that way you know like the yeah. i don't think they're dangerous i think okay. more if somebody comes from beyond they're coming to help you they have a message for you they have some guidance for you and that's why i used it that way mm-hmm. personal. That's yeah. personal. the wizard stuff came from harry potter my daughters okay. were big harry potter fans growing up and when Everything, when Harry Potter ended and things went into vampires, my older daughter and I started talking about doing another wizarding book. I chose to keep the family intact. I chose to keep a brother and sister. I have a mother and father. I'm not a big fan of kill off mom and dad and everybody's got to be an orphan. I don't Mm. believe. I think it's important that kids read stories that have a family intact and learn that, yes, I can grow and learn and do things on my own but I can get advice from people who have been there before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. For me. That's, that's a message I want to put out. Your family is important. They're there for you to help you. Mm-hmm. you know, but I, I hear kids say, we used to say this kids too. When you get in trouble, oh, my parents are going to kill me. Well, they're not going to kill you. They're not going to kill you. Okay. They might get angry with you. They're not going to kill you. Relax. You know, as a police officer, I used to say, I had a girl, a young girl was in a car accident. Her first car, she crashed the car. Oh, my father's going to be so mad. I said, no, no, no. Your father's going to be relieved that you're okay. Right. And that's, right, right. that's what I think kids need to know more of. You know, your parents, your, your role models, they're happy that you're okay, even when you screwed up, that you didn't yeah. get hurt, you didn't hurt anybody else, 
you got through the situation. I'm glad you're okay. Now, how do we learn from this and not let it happen again? And that's yeah. what that's what the role of a parent, of an adult figure in your life, a coach or whatever, whoever is that figure in your life, that's their role. And I can't stand when stories completely discard them. Mm-hmm. Kip off mom and dad, these kids are orphans. And no, it's mm-hmm. all on their own. That, that's, not, that's not realistic. There's always mm-hmm. a role model, somebody to look up to, somebody to guide you through. And I try to bring that through in the stories that I write. Yeah, I was just thinking about this concept early, funny enough. I, I really, I haven't thought about that, that many things today. <laughs> and that's one of them. I'm just so happy I can go to my parents and a few family members. I'm so lucky and it's so important and people really need to be reminded of it. And here you're saying, and Mark knows this happens all the time, something on the show it happens in my real life almost every single week. I don't know. So, yes, I like that message a lot. Thank you. Thank you. DSS, you got a question for, for CS? <laughs> CP? I got a memory of how many times both my parents told me they brought me into this world and they'll take me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. So, <laughs> so I'm not saying that he's not right, that he's wrong. I'm just saying, like, and I know my parents would, you know, if I messed, I never messed up anything terribly, but if I had, they would be as Chris is describing. But I guess one of the main motivators for me to not screw things up was, you know, they just gave me that look of like, don't screw up. We know where you live. (laughs) Over there. (laughs) There was always the motivation that your parents can get mad at you. Yeah. But me, honestly, I think that motivation comes from, I don't want to disappoint them. Yes. I don't ever want to disappoint. I don't want my father and mother ever look at me and say, I'm disappointed in you. That's correct. Like doing a lot of not doing a lot of things. Nothing mm-hmm. was worse than being told, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's just like, oh, uh, and coincidentally, like I've used that on on people and it's it's such it's so powerful to be like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. Like, like that's no, it. be mad, just be mad, just be mad. It's better if you're mad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how I, I feel about a lot of society. Yeah. <laughs> Very disappointed I, in them. <laughs> I found out later in life that the power move your parents have isn't for real. My father used to do the thing where he'd lean forward in the chair and you'd be like, okay, dad. For years later, I had the opportunity to ask him, dad, what if we kept it up? What if you leaned forward in that chair and we didn't stop? It's like, I didn't right. have a plan. He, he said right to me, I didn't have a plan. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So we called you on You got nothing. Because now yeah. I had nothing to back it up with. <laughs> like, my father never really hit me, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think he would would have been ready to do it if I didn't stop doing what he like. He, he would have given me like a gib slap or something, <laughs> you know, not like a real like. He wouldn't beat me, but he would have given me a good smack upside the head if I kept doing something he wasn't happy. With. In fact, I know for a fact he's, he did it once or twice, but it was it was never like beating me or hitting. It was just like, oh, and that was enough. My dad, my parents could discipline me with a look. Oh yeah, they, they were they they could give me a look and I would stop doing whatever. My mother was particularly good at it. It really annoyed her when I got the look right now. Can you tell? Like, <laughs> yeah, my, my mother was <laughs> a teacher. Was and, it was a terrible look. <laughs> I always told like uh, women later in my life when they try to give me a look. I said my mother was Irish and a teacher. Don't just stop. Your look is. Well. I've I've been <laughs> stared at by the best. Yours is not going to do anything to me. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> they always got annoyed with that. So, 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 Chris, when, how many years were you on the force? Almost 10. 
During those 10 years, were you like, man, this is this is some rough stuff. I can't wait to have something more uh, lighthearted and, and something else to put your passion towards? Because we had a doctor who was a, a comic book writer, and he's like, all the stuff that he's seen as a doctor, just like writing a comic book was like a release to him. So is that the same for you? It's like it's just a release? Um, yes and no, because I loved every single day. I loved going to work. I loved putting on the uniform. I loved an opportunity to help somebody and guide somebody in the right direction. Well, don't you, well, I, I think that in writing as well, you're also doing the same thing. You haven't, you haven't I'm, changed. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I need more people to read the book. You hear me people buy the book. <laughs> well, this is a perfect segue. Where can yeah. people buy the book? Where can people find out more about the book? Let's go. Amazon, Amazon, go on Amazon. I also have an author page, author Chris Pascarella on Facebook. Um, Spell on it. Spell it. Yeah, because you know, because if I say Pascarella, and then like they'll never find you. Pascarella, P A S Q U E R A L L E. End of the E, pronounced with an A. Yes, that was. I remember that was one of the first things you told me when we first met. It's like, this is how it is. Just, just say it and let's keep on moving. I was like, all right. <laughs> Mark has got a hard time with like Italian pronunciations of things. Any pronunciations of things. That's true. <laughs> Italian words are easy. Just say every letter. <laughs> say every letter. It's okay. calamari. It's not calamar. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very, yeah. Uh, how so, do you say mozzarella? <laughs> so all three books are on sale now. Yes, all three books. Destiny Revealed, Paths of Destiny, and Quest for Destiny, all on Amazon. And what about the uh, new Encyclopedia Detective Brown? Uh, CC Mullins is also on Amazon. And I have a book for a more older set that kind of, um, because I was a philosophy major in high school, I uh, grew on that and I did a kind of uh, like uh, the debates of Plato. You know, the, so I have a one on that's, I pit a theology professor against the physics professor and they discuss the existence of God. Yes, that's, that, that's the orange book, right? With the cover, the yeah. orange cover. Yeah, see? <laughs> and what's the name of that one? That is um, on, called the debates on the existence of God. So we, we are in a world of crossovers and multi uh, uh, people meeting other people. And any of these books are going to have any type of crossover or are they all three separate universes? Keep them apart. Let's just. Yeah, they're separate universes. But um, the Destiny trilogy has kind of um, been poking at me a little bit to do a, a prequel of some of the characters. Hmm. I mean, well, when you're gonna go, you never go full Lucas. Don't go George Lucas, man. <laughs> it works for him. Guy's got a billion dollars in the bank. <laughs> Good point. When when you make characters and you write a story, we've uh, talked to many authors and creators that they always have that backstory already written down. So is this something that you've already written down or is this something that you feel that you can explore more of? I I am very much by the seat of my pants when I write. I don't plot things out. I don't have index cards. I don't have... I have a, a beginning and an ending in mind. How I get there, the journey is up to the characters to drag me along. They tell wow. me. That. So for, this, for the mystery book, do you already know who did it and how they did it and how yeah. they're going to get caught and thus that's it? I, I, know, I know who did it. The why and the how they get caught will develop as I write. Wow. wow. Interesting. 
So when you write, it sounds like you're going on an adventure in your own mind and where yeah. along with you. It's not really plotted out so intentionally prior, right? I think the characters tell the story and you can't tell them what to do because they won't always do it. They're like kids that way. You know, wow. you can tell the vegetables all you want, but they might not do it. You know, yeah. there have been times when I have written things down and I can hear a character yelling at me. I would never do that. Wow. And I stop it. I've thrown out 60 pages because that character won't do that. Sounds right. like you might be attached to the psychic world. <laughs> maybe, maybe the other people are telling stories. I don't know. Just give me the they sound numbers. a little bossy. <laughs> Just give me the lot of numbers. That's all. <laughs> like Agatha Christie came to hate Poirot. Like she created this character, hated the character. It was as real as a, a person to her hated everything about this guy. Now, not that you hate your characters, but are your characters to that level of reality in your mind? Yes. You, like they're talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they do talk to me. They tell me the story. They tell me the story. You know, but I got to the end of the trilogy. You know, I'm writing Quest for Destiny and I'm getting near the end of it. And I'm like, really, you know what? I'm done spending time with these people. I spent the last <laughs> few people. I'm done. I'm done spending time with these people. And I can see how that happens, you know, because they do become that real. Wow. Right, developing them that you know sorry you spend time with your family members all day long every day for so many years you're going to be like listen I, I gotta get away from you people and it's the same thing here you know at some point you got to distance yourself yeah so, i get that so has so, there ever been a situation where you had a character that you in particular just hated in in every way shape or form and like man i really have to use them in this book i don't want to use them in this book but i have to um if it works for the story i'll let it go you know wow. i'll fight with I'll have the fight. It's working for the story. Let's have the fight. It's okay. You know, let's write the fight in. If I got a character who's fighting me and, and just I, I don't like this person, but you know what? The story works. Let's make them even worse. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> let's make the reader hate them too. <laughs> what rules do you use? <laughs> I like it. I hate this character. I'm going to make everyone else hate this character. I'm going to... Well, Character assassinate him. The main character of Jack in Destiny Revealed, I have had plenty of readers tell me, I want to see what happens to him, but he's a brat. I'm like, yes, no kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's me. <laughs> Do you like now get why Arthur Conan Doyle's like, Holmes, you're dead? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because like, I just I, have I, had enough. Because if, if, if you leave it out there and it becomes a beloved figure and mm -hmm. you haven't terminated them or ended their story. People are going to want more. They're going to want another book. They're going to want to, and you don't want to write that other book because you're done with these people. So yeah. he, I'm sorry. He died. <laughs> Clearly the I, I money was good it. enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of money, like if someone said, Hey, here's a billion dollars. We want you to create a sequel. You're going to make a sequel. Um, Wow, he had to think about it. That's that's integrity right there. He didn't say, yeah. <laughs> integrity of the story ever. Wow, that's so, like, awesome. People say to me all the time, would you just sell the rights to the book? I, if somebody wants to buy the film rights, I need a condition. I want final approval. You know, you're not going to turn my characters into something that I never intended them to be. Mm -hmm. wow. I'm not going to let it happen. Mm. That's admirable. So um, we're almost well, out of time. He's also, no one's also handed him a billion dollar check. So. <laughs> I don't know it was going to, but you know what? I'm 54 years old. I've lived like for now. I'm 
keep going. I'm good. Don't tell me you don't need it. Anyone could need a billion dollars, okay? But I'm just saying that at least as, as of right now, he's not like, hell yeah, I was, I'm willing to sell out. I mean, some people have, which is cool for them, but I like the fact that he's able to say, at least think yeah. about it. At least give it a second to think about it. I, I, I like to have final say on, on what you do to my characters. Don't take, don't take my PG-13 novel and make it an X-rated thing. I'm not having it. So if Disney comes along and they want to buy it, you saying no? As long as they give me approval, well, Disney's gonna gonna keep it a kid story, I would think. I mean, their history. Yeah. Is pretty but they might remove that. the parents because that's what they do. Yeah, they might want to kill off mom and dad, but we ain't having that either. Exactly. See, so essential to the story. You know, it's mom and dad who gets kidnapped, and the kids go looking for them. So it kind mm. of story. Isn't that Spy Kids? Hey, 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 there. <laughs> or the babysitter so, movie, right? We're, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time. We got we got less than we got less than three minutes to go. So we got to do our final thoughts. So, um, Dominic, DSS, what is uh, your final thought? If Disney wants to buy any of my content for a billion dollars, <laughs> I am happily willing to sell out. I need money, man. I need money. Jen, that's, that's those are my thoughts. Jen, final I- thought. Get involved with things the way our guest does, because when you get so involved in writing or creating something that you need a break, that shows that you're really in it. And getting so in it, you can see, if you're watching the show, how excited there's a lot of life in this man's face. And that comes from being involved in life. A lot of people just coast through. They don't make things happen. But this guy sees something. He wants to make it happen. And he does it. And he has that spark. I can always tell when someone has that spark. So... If you uh, feel like your spark has gone out, which happens in the winter a little bit, you want to reignite it, just get involved in something you're really into, whatever it is, and it better be healthy. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, final thought? Small things change the world. The smallest thing you can do to make somebody's life a little better can change the world. You know, so here's, here's my challenge for everybody. I want you to say hello to a stranger tomorrow. Just in the store, wherever you are, somebody just say hello to a stranger tomorrow. And... Mm. See how better you'll feel. Hmm. All right. Well, my final thought is this. Um, thank you for being a guest. Thank you for coming back on the show. And one of these uh, days, we're planning to have you on, in the actual studio when we can. That would be good. That'd be good. Um, Beyond us, sir. We've known you for quite some time. I, I really like your personality, and I really like your uh, dedication to the craft. Yeah. I, I really like your outlook on many things. And I really like the stories that you've, uh, that you've made so far and much continued success. And let's get that Netflix deal going we're trying disney man go for disney but disney got disney netflix needs the content and you can make right. memes of your stuff that's one thing you can do if you don't already on instagram and facebook you can make yeah, a meme of little scenes that would be cool but everybody take a look at this go to youtube um chris pascarella channel on youtube and you'll see my uh teaser reel for it's, it's not completed i haven't put it in special effects we haven't had opportunity to do that but it'll give you an idea of what we're going for yeah, basic idea. It's it's really cool. Uh, I'll actually put it at the uh, on, on our on our uh, YouTube page. I'll put the link on it as well. Um, so let's see. I just want to let you know that next uh, live show will be our forty second live show, which will be on March the tenth with um, wood burning artist Michael Giannakos. Is that right, Dom? It sounds about right to me, man. It's close enough. Um, once again, thank you for the East uh, Meadows Public Library. That's, uh, they have, like I said, tons of uh, programming. So that's www.eastmeadow.info. Uh, so that about does it for this week on the Came From Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, 
What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Go to our website, com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and all that other fun stuff. Um, make sure you check us out on uh, Indie Vault Radio. Make sure you check us out on Good Talk Radio. And uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you uh, next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.